On the crosstalk on WIZM, I'm Mike Hayes. Our guest, let me punch this button. Our guest to discuss uh, Electoral College, January 6th, January 20th. And uh, well, we'll start. Uh, uh, Joe, uh, thank you very much for talking with me this morning. Let me start with uh, the question online. Uh, if military intelligence has absolute proof of foreign and or domestic interference in our election, does President Trump have a constitutional duty to correct it by any means necessary, including martial law? I don't think there's anything in the Constitution that covers that, Mike. In other words, I don't think there's specifically some wording that says the president can uh, declare martial law in certain circumstances. It would be uh, an extension of his power, attempted extension of his power that doesn't exist in the Constitution. Right, and if the president declares martial law, doesn't that basically suspend all law enforcement except the military which would be under the direction of the president. Uh, if he did it, I we've never had a situation like this, Mike. So right. I don't know if there's already a, a direct answer for that. Uh, the the military has historically stayed out of politics in this country, and whether or not the uh, you know you would expect them to respond to the the, uh, uh, the commander in chief, but they have never really done anything. You know, you remember last. Uh, was it last June? Uh, there were protests in Washington, and the president wanted the uh, Secretary of the Department of Defense to bring out the troops, oh, federal right. troops, to and quell uh, the he violence, basically yep. denied said no. Yeah, so that, I mean that follows the tradition of keeping the military out of uh, politics and anything domestically. You'll, yeah, you'll, you will not see military forces normally do anything in the United States. Well, and I, I you know, God, I feel that way. I'm, I'm kind of glad about that because I would be. Uh, hard-pressed to support uh, our military forces uh, being uh, enacted to start firing uh, bullets uh, and uh, and so forth on other Americans because your opinion is different than mine. Yeah, you, you mentioned the military intelligence, by the way. Uh, far more likely, if there was some kind of foreign uh, involvement in our elections, it would have come from the Department of Homeland Security or the... Uh, um, FBI or CIA, and they have basically, you remember that the head of the cyber division of the Department of Homeland Security said that it was the cleanest election we've ever had as well, far as any foreign Of course he did. That was a resume thing, far as I'm concerned, the cleanest election ever. Come on. I don't believe that for a minute. On the other hand, you got to say that if, if the reason the election is clean is because of you. You know, he isn't going to go before microphones and cameras and say, well, you know, as was pretty good. I was yeah, in I charge, think, but now I'm fired. So, you know. Yeah, I think they're talking about foreign involvement. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Attorney General Barr said essentially the same thing, that uh, there was no uh, no widespread fraud in the election. Of course, you now know that both Attorney General Barr and the cyber director are gone. They've been uh, removed right. because they aren't following the president on this one. So what happens on January 6th? Okay, let me uh, let do a little political science stuff here. Uh, back in 1787, in other words, when we were forming our Constitution, uh, they formed the Electoral College. And the reason was they didn't trust people to directly vote for the president. So when we voted last uh, November 3rd, we were actually voting in Wisconsin and the rest of the states for a group of people who are the electors. Now, some states actually list them on the ballot, so you know who the electors are. In Wisconsin, we don't do that. The electors are selected in Wisconsin by the two parties. 
Uh, and sometimes the candidates are involved, but essentially that's why we have a certain amount of loyalty uh, from those electors. So they're real, they're real people. And, and yesterday what occurred is 50 different groups of people in 50 different states met and uh, essentially reaffirmed uh, who, who won the state. So the, at one time we were actually voting just for electors, and then they would pick the president of the United States. Well, that, that quickly became a kind of a tradition and a formality. And the electors basically uh, have now, for the most part, for the most part, have followed what the results are in that given state. Now, you, uh, I will throw in the word faithless electors, because uh, prior to this year, there were some, occasionally, an, an, an elector would say, you know, I always wanted to vote for my next-door neighbor, and uh, so I'm going to vote for him and rather than uh, who I was supposed to vote for. Well, the problem with that is that they go back home and everybody laughs at them because they, they were faithless. So, right. And the, you're fired. Uh, the electors met yesterday, and the numbers came out exactly as they, they did on election night, or at least within a week of the election. 306 for Biden, 232 for Trump. Those they, yesterday, what those people actually did in Madison, they signed six separate letters affirming. Your, by the way, they voted by paper ballot, believe it or not, and then they signed elect, uh, six different letters that go off and get sent off to six different people in Washington. And by the way. The, uh, those have to be received according to the trivia here, uh, December 23rd. And you might wonder why it takes so long. Well, the answer is that uh, many years ago they did this by horse car- and carriage. So it takes a while to get there. Once they get there, those are then handed over to uh, the individuals, for example, the uh, Speaker of the House of Representatives, the uh, President of the Senate, and voila, on January 6th, they will open up those letters, and we will know who the President of the United States is in a formal sort of way. Most of the time, this has been just, uh, you know, a, uh, a tradition that nobody really follows. It's just, a, you know, it's kind of an automatic thing. However, this year it's a little different. The, uh, the rules actually state that if a, uh, a representative, a congressman, or a senator from either house protests, the votes of a given state. In other words, they can contest this, basically. Uh, if one senator and one congressman agrees to protest the, uh, the, the delegates, the, you know, the number of electors from the state of Wisconsin and how they voted, they then have to go back out of joint session, and each Senate, the Senate and the House of Representatives, will discuss the, uh, the protest and then come back, and basically they have to vote either for the protest or they have to vote against that protest. So that's the, that's the final uh, real step here that I think some people are talking about. All right, so there is still uh, the sliver of a door open if uh, the vote doesn't go as expected on January 6th. Yeah, and, and then the reason why people don't think much is going to happen is because, by the way, there are there have already been uh, some people that have uh, vowed to challenge this in the House of Representatives, right. at least a couple of people. All right, tell you what. Whether uh, a senator is going to follow it or not. Uh, the more you talk, the more questions I have, and the more I don't have time. So 